0: Hey man, how's it going?
1: Um, I'm, I'm. It's it's going, it's going. Um, it's not that I'm keeping track or anything. It's it's day 146 of quarantine.
0: I noticed you have uh, little marks on the wall over there behind you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you got some things to to keep saying. No, I uh, I dropped the ball in a previous episode. I remember if it was the last one or the one before that, uh, where I had meant to look it up beforehand. Um, in the meantime, I've since written a script that I use to just have it tell me. So, um, yeah,
0: day one hundred forty-six. So one hundred forty-six cool. days. Wow, yeah. that's a long time. Yeah. How, how how are you doing, man? Living the dream. Living the dream. So uh, so tonight's a special episode. We uh, we have a uh, guest again, um, kind of a, a pretty regular guest, uh, Mitch. Good to have you back on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. I'm happy to be back.
0: And uh, what, from his what, long... What what were you going to say, John?
2: Well, I was going to
1: ask, how many times has Mitch been on the podcast? No, I've, I've lost
2: track. It's
0: been so many. Is this five or six, Mitch?
2: I want to say it's six, but there was also the lost episode, which might have technically made it seven, if I remember right, but I might oh, be one ahead. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. You, okay. It,
0: it would be either six or seven for sure. And uh, and I think after one of those last ones, we were going to get back together and talk about some uh, little Miami area things. And we just haven't we haven't pulled that off yet. But uh, and then uh, back from his uh, uh, Siberian uh, (laughs) uh, uh, refuge where he was exiled after his last podcast visit, Chris, welcome back.
1: I'm from Purgatory,
0: guys. Appreciate you having <laughs> me back. Podcast Purgatory. Are, are you ah, back from purgatory, purgatory, or is this Purgatory?
3: It, well, I, I think this, how this goes, depends. Uh, will depend on whether I end up in a paradise or an eternal hell. So,
0: <laughs> just just so you know, the three of us uh, have a betting line in Vegas on on how this is going to turn out. So, yeah, uh, yeah. What yeah, are yeah. my yeah. odds? Uh, they're, they're bad, man. They're <laughs> Go bad.
1: They're, they're, can, they're bad, but
0: one way or the other,
1: if, if you never see me show up to work again, Chris, you'll know that I, I hit big.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I think, uh, I think we've all bet so that we're going to win big and, uh, move to paradise. And, yeah. we're just gonna and then we'll out. leave
1: Chris, we'll leave Chris at work by
0: himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, we got together uh, tonight to kind of talk about uh, some things going on in the world, and and we are beer driven, and so um, I started buying up some some beer and sharing it with you all, and said, hey, don't don't drink this. Um, I actually had a taste of it because one of you two, I can't. I don't know whose girlfriend it is, whether it's Chris's girlfriend or Mitch's girlfriend, but she reached oh. across the table and grabbed Chris's beer and just opened it up. And if you could see the painful look on Chris's face, like like she had just destroyed a Rembrandt or something, it, it was. Priceless. I was
3: like, oh, that was a special podcast beer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, and she even went and got little, uh, ramekins so that we could social distance drink out of them safely and all that. So, uh, she was just completely, uh, had no clue that, uh, that that's what's going on. So, um,
2: I'll have to, I'll have to talk to her after this and make sure she knows how much that hurt, Chris.
0: You do that. You do that. So, um, so what we're talking about is is really a social social justice uh, initiative started uh, by a uh, a brewery in San Antonio, and they came up with a black as beautiful uh, beer, and so that's the beer we're all having tonight. Um, I think everybody is is having one from one of two breweries. One of them is a collaboration. And this, was, uh, this effort was created by Weathered Souls down in San Antonio to bring awareness to the Black Lives Movement and also, more importantly, to generate monies for local organizations in each community that decided to uh, – uh, participate in this. And so there's lots of cool things going on with the different breweries. So uh, is everybody open theirs?
1: I I have. I have. Nope. And um, re- refresh my memory, Mark, because once I knew these were podcast beers, I very intentionally um, did not do much in the way of research so that we could kind of talk about it on the episode. Um, because I assumed that, like most things, beer, you're going to be like the all-knowing guru. Um, so, what's what's kind of the the deal? I know that you know there's a bunch of different breweries making this. Is it supposed to be like the same recipe that they all use? Is it kind of they all do their own take on it? What's what's sort of the game plan really, as far, from from that perspective?
0: Really good question, John. And and um, so uh, Sierra Nevada really. Started this movement uh, with the, uh, a couple of years ago with the forest fires. And, and they have a, an IPA called Resilience. Mm-hmm. And in order to raise money for the families and businesses that were affected in Northern California, they shared their recipe with the goal of that being fundraising. And so Weathered Souls just really took a look at that and that was really successful. And so they've shared their recipe. For this particular stout beer, chocolate vanilla stout. Um, I think it's got some lactose in it. Um, anything else? Am I missing?
1: Uh, macadamia, Mac- coconut, and coffee.
0: Yeah, so uh, a really complex sort of stout, yeah. and uh, and so they they've shared that recipe um, without any any rights to it. And they've really had uh, a ton of people show up and actually uh, sign up to uh, to do it. So right now, we're looking at uh, over a thousand breweries in the United States uh, and some some uh, twenty countries. Something going on in most of the states. I dropped a link in the show notes for uh, the stuff around us. So, so let's start with Kentucky. We uh, we're having the um, Mirror Twin Ethereal collaboration. So those two breweries uh, went together, and uh, they have uh, a specific cause that they have uh, been donating the money to. And, uh, and so uh, we grabbed that. Chris and I were able to meet over there, and we grabbed that, uh, that beer a few weeks ago. Also in Kentucky, Mile Wide is uh, going to have a version, uh, Monic, the old Louisville Brewery, Pivot over in Lexington, Chris. And I still haven't seen anything pop out about availability there. I assume you haven't.
3: I haven't heard anything from Pivot.
0: So, and then uh, Gasper Brewing down in uh, Bowling Green, which I've never visited. I visited all of these others at some time pre COVID, which seems like 100 years ago. But, um, and then in Ohio, interestingly, um, big, bigger state for craft beer. Hopefully, that continues to be the case. Lots of uh, financial stuff going on with this uh, healthcare crisis and the impact to uh, small business. But uh, the the one we have from there is Streetside. I see Chris has the Streetside one in his hands and looks like that's what John's got in front of him.
1: Yep. So I've actually done – I went ahead and opened both. Because another part of the reason why I asked you the question that I did was I wanted to sort of compare the two, um, both very good, but I don't know if anyone else is is doing the same thing that I just did, but very different flavor between the two.
0: And and that was my experience with the Sierra Nevada Resilience and. In- and that's why I want to continue to get these for us. Mm-hmm. So as they become available in places, I'll grab them and and we'll share them and and kind of continue to both contribute, be part of of the discussion, and uh, support those breweries. But uh, the resilience, while it was the same recipe, they were different, and we all know that. Uh, probably my favorite brewery, and I'm going to guess Chris is is West Six, and the country boy version of that resilience with the same recipe was different and better than the, the West six version. And so my expectation was that that would be the case here. Streetside really does some interesting stuff. And so it doesn't surprise me that there's uh, is a little different.
1: Yeah. I kind of, um, I think I had the West six version of resilience one time Um, I probably drank an entire keg of the Country Boy one given that I lived right next to Country Boy at the time and I really liked Resilience and the fact that it went to a good cause just, you know, basically was all I needed for an excuse to go drink more. (laughs) Not that I ever really needed an excuse, but um, yeah, I mean, comparing these two, I, I think they're both really good. I find the Mirror Twin Ethereal collaboration is really... Um, it's a bit more on the mellow side. Nothing's really jumping out at me as far as like distinctions. Um, on the street side one, I'm really picking up the macadamia nut from it, uh, and just like some hints of the coffee that I'm I'm really not getting in the uh, the ethereal Mirror twin one. So I think it's really interesting to kind of compare those two, and it'll be interesting going forward to to try others and see kind of how they shake out too.
0: What are you seeing, Chris? What do you What do you see as the uh, differences? Really nutty. Like <laughs> it's
3: almost. It doesn't taste like peanut butter at all, but you can tell like lots of nut oil. I mean, yeah, coming you, through this thing.
1: You just smell the street side <laughs> one, and I mean, it smells like toasted macadamia nuts. Like just that's that's a very it's, very prominent flavor.
3: It hits my tongue differently, like it's a tingle i mean there's almost like a uh acidic or like a the booziness is tingling my tongue it's it's weird but it's great i mean it's a great beer
1: yeah yeah if no i, I actually mine, yeah, i don't think i would have 10, noticed John, that if i
3: opened both of mine and tried both side by side i'd probably be on the floor 10 percent. that's a boozy that's a boozy stout
1: yeah it for i mean sure. it, it is, but you have to remember, Chris. Um, I ate both of those gigantic Mexican street hot dogs for lunch, um, like just three hours ago. So, uh, okay. I'm, I'm as well prepared as I'm going to be, and I really wanted the side by side comparison. So, yeah, to I, I, to I think John
0: can dogs. do the whole four or six pack and and be okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a that was a massive uh, meal, Mitch. What yeah. are you thinking about the the beer?
2: I. Uh, wholeheartedly agree with everything they've said so far um and i definitely prefer the street side over the other one it's got that roasted is really the right word it is it's not just a macadamia nut flavor it is roasted macadamia and you catch that first with a smell and then it follows it up just solid solid flavor profile i really like it
0: I don't tend to go to either Ethereal or Mirror Twin for a stout. I can't say that I go to Streetwise for a stout either. Um, Stouts and Porters are kind of Listerman specific in the Cincinnati area for me. But Streetside does such a good job with taking a bunch of of components and putting them together and and making something really special out of it so uh, i think
1: i think you mainly go to street side for uh the worst
0: right uh no that would be mitch <laughs> uh,
1: the beer well, the that tastes beer, like liquid sausage
2: oh uh, it's not a it's not a sausage flavored beer it's a beer that doesn't taste like beer it's just pureed Italian sausage. It, it is.
1: It's so weird. Rough.
0: <laughs> I would tell so you I'm that.
3: Not, not, defending, not defending Ethereal in any way, but their Lambda Oatmeal Stout, if it, you're not...
0: It's good. If it's you're good. not down
3: with that, okay, all I've right. I've had... That's um, one I, of my, it's one of my faves. I,
1: I never got to Ethereal enough that other than a handful of beers, I would remember the names of what they were. Uh, they had a barley wine that I really liked there. Um, I drink mostly like IPAs, a couple of their hazies I thought were really good, including the humorously named fad tastic um, that, that and purple ketchup at country boy, uh, kind of let you know what some of the brewers think of the hazy IPA, uh, popularity, but yeah, I can't remember the name of it. They had a barley wine, um, that was really good. And if you remember on the, the chalkboard that lists the beers, it had like a demon. I want to say, um, standing there by the name but i i can't recall what the name was but yeah so to chris's point yeah they, they i would agree but i also would say i mean i agree with mark's point about like i wouldn't normally go there for stouts but um i generally don't go anywhere specifically for stouts it's just not the beer i'm usually gunning for um I'll go there and like try one maybe, but I'm not going to be like, I'm going to sit down and have like three or four stouts while I hang out here for a few hours. That's just not usually
0: what I do. Sure. And, and I think that's characteristic of stouts in general.
2: Yep. That's not my my style either. But uh, one place that I uh, would go, two places go for, for stouts. Mark already mentioned one of them, Listerman. They do some incredible stouts. Uh, they got really good hazy IPAs with uh, Fiona hippo beers or like line of beers that they do. Yep. They've got a few others that are really good. But I've been to a few beer tastings where it's uh, pre-COVID, but everyone just brings beers. And throughout the year, we would do different, different flavors, or different, not flavors, different types of beer, different styles. And over the winter, it's usually, you know, you bring out your winters, your winter warmers, or your stouts, or your generally darker beers. And I don't think I've done one in the winter where a Listerman beer hasn't won.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the case, and they're really good with their porters as well.
2: Yep. And, and yeah, so, another... Go ahead. I was just going to say another uh, brewery in Cincinnati that does good dark beers, it's kind of their wheelhouse, is Bad Tom Smith. Uh, they're not too far down the road from me. I've got a membership there, and do, they do a lot of dark beers, and they do them really well. They're real light on IPAs or anything like that, and... To be fair, their IPA offerings aren't the best, but their dark beers are where they really shine.
0: So we may put you in charge, Mitch, of grabbing us some uh, Bad Tom Smith uh, Black is Beautiful. So they're on the list. So I was going to just cover a couple of uh, either places I know some of us like or Mm -hmm. um, we hang out. So uh, Bad Tom Smith is on the list that they're going to do one. Brewdog is, is gonna do one.
2: Oh okay. I saw today that Ryan Geist has released theirs.
0: Oh, is it released? Okay, because I've been watching yep. for that. So Ryan Geist is on the list. Sam Adams Tap Room Cincinnati is on the list. Um Street Side we've already we've got Northern Row Brewery Brewery and Distillery. I'm not familiar with them, Mitch, or do you know they're in Cincinnati. Have you heard of them?
2: I'm not familiar with Northern Row either. So, uh,
0: so they must
2: be a little smaller.
0: Sounds like something we should look into. And then sure. I would sure like to get my hands on one from Great Lakes. So they're going to do one, and Great Lakes just does really impressive beer uh, across most of their their styles. So um, <laughs> hopefully they distribute that further than just out of the, the brewery.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That would be good to get down this way. Um, another uh, brewery from further up north. Do you know? I know you're a big fan, Mark. Do you know if Platform is releasing one or not?
0: They're not on the list. Um, no, Okay. And, and actually, we we mostly talk about craft beer, uh, Mitch, and <laughs> uh, and I saw the grin on your face. So uh, so since they've been acquired, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. We're not gonna talk about Platform. Yeah. although i would say that uh prior to to them uh selling out which if i owned a brewery and had the opportunity to do something i might sell out myself so um so i don't harbor any ill will i just would rather support the people that uh, are not part of big beer
2: understandable it's all good just had to give you a hard time there for a minute
0: nope nope i appreciate that so um it's, so it's i think there's some to hear,
1: it's weird to hear him say that though because mitch you remember he used to have like all that budweiser swag in his office and he even had <laughs> that light up sign for fat tire that he didn't put up until after they sold out
2: yeah that's true he had like a couple budweiser posters he had his favorite pint glass and he, really bark. he had on it he kept on or in his desk
0: just so you all know, uh, my attorney deposed Kyle across the street, and so uh, so we have a legal record of who defaced my office with uh, that uh, butt wiper stuff. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm still a little ambivalent on uh, on the new Belgium stuff. I I'm I'm still studying that one because it's Australian big beer as opposed to uh, U.S. big beer, but. To my point, I'd still rather support these uh, these local people that contribute to the community. And the cool thing about this Black is Beautiful beer is all of these folks are giving back to to charities and organizations in each of their communities. So local money stays local, and it impacts um, the Black Lives Matter um initiatives and social justice activities and 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 really critical and i know we we all wanted to talk a little bit about this tonight and and nothing's more ironic than uh than four white dudes who've lived a life of of privilege talking about uh social justice and and black lives matter but uh speaking for myself not to put words in anybody else's mouth but uh I think it's people like us that have to finally speak out and 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 talk about why everybody should be equal and and why we should support this initiatives like Black is Beautiful beer campaign and Black Lives Matter and um, the world would be a much better place with that equality and and uh, and people treating people uh, like. Uh, human beings that uh matter so uh i'll get off my soapbox yeah. somebody want to jump in
1: no i i 100 agree and i mean I, I know you and i it's 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 slightly unfair for me to cherry pick conversations we've had before knowing that uh you know we're on the same page but um i know you and i mark have had conversations before um especially like with respect to the elections that we had locally um just it feels like I'm not sure if it was yesterday or like three months ago because the days all blend together. But, um, you know, that that we both kind of agree that there's been plenty of people who look like you and I involved in politics. And we need to start to expand that and broaden that. And we definitely don't need like another white dude trying to represent people because that has clearly not worked very well for a long time. Um, Chris is political ambitions notwithstanding thank uh, you for that john glowing endorsement yeah exactly uh foresight foresight 2024 but uh and i know recently you know we were we were all kind of you know behind the booker campaign um definitely seemed like the most promising candidate and um was extremely unfortunate he did not get the nomination in a very close race but um Yeah, we we definitely need more people like that um, to kind of be at the forefront and be able to share their experiences um, if we don't want things to just continue to be the same over and over and over.
3: It won't be the last time I cast a vote for Booker.
0: I I don't think it will, Chris. I think we'll have some options there, and and I'm hopeful um, that we'll have some options. And and Chris, along those lines, I mean... um, polling data today is that uh McConnell is uh is absolutely shellacking McGrath with um just a couple of months really uh left before the the general election. And I wonder
3: if that would change if he wasn't the majority leader. If the Democrats take the Senate and he no longer had all of this power, would he still be Kentucky's first choice?
0: I think that he's got so much political action money and big business money that it's hard for us to sit here and figure that out. Um, But it seems to me that Charles Booker, when when there were comparisons in the primary, that he was polling way more favorably – during the primary, many months away from the general election, as as a far more credible candidate than than Amy McGrath, um, I, I'm a fan of of we're talking about social justice, and and I'll probably veer off the path a, a little bit here and there, but I also have a belief that uh, that we should elect. Uh, more women and there should be more women in CEO and C-level jobs. I also think that uh, that the, the lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer um, organizations, that, that those people should have also a better seat at the table. Don't want to take anything away from the Black Lives Matter other than, I think, to say – we need people other than what the four of us look like, in in order to do that. I, I saw something kind of heartbreaking the other day, and and I didn't grab the source, but it was a it was a discussion, and and really the discussion was, oh, that person of color has has these. Um, these deficiencies, these uh, shortcomings, these whatever, and and finally, somebody came along and said, "So we've been we've been electing mediocre white men for decades. Why why suddenly does a person of color have to be perfect in order to be electable? And and that's really the case, you know we." Nobody's going to be perfect, and and people are human beings, and and people are going to fail themselves. They're going to fail us, but we, everybody, should have the opportunity to to contribute to to society, to our government, to leadership roles in companies, and it it shouldn't be based on. Um, I, I use this because I am one, but old fat white guys. It it should be. Um, really based on uh, skills and opening the door for people that have had the door closed on them their whole lives.
1: Yeah, I think that's an extremely fair statement. Um, I would say basically across the spectrum, be we talking about politics, the job market, anything like that. Um, in so many scenarios, you know, merit is not what it's based on. And the standards are just completely different, Um, especially if you look at it right now. I mean, you have some of the most inept and corrupt human beings possible in leadership roles in government. And, you know, you got people literally digging through every tiny facet of somebody's history to find the tiniest little, you know, mistake they made one time. And suddenly it's like, well, that should that should just clobber their entire political aspirations their entire career look at this mistake this person made and i'm like D- i i made seven mistakes today like what this is so dumb to blow some of these things out of proportion and act like some people need to be perfect because they look different as opposed to you know people who we very publicly see making heinous mistakes every day you know i mean Every time I see an interview with a particular political figure, you can't say something that's not just.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's those five words that, uh, that he knows and, and reuses over and over. And, and so, uh, it's beautiful. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Trem-
1: yeah. Trem- I have a lot of people. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, um, so, John, we're going to wait till your uh, internet uh, uh, revamps again. <laughs> uh, the senator is 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 dancing because it wasn't uh, he that uh, thinks he screwed up the podcast. But we deal with this every episode with John and his fabulous internet provider, Spectrum, who we will throw yeah. under the bus repeatedly for as long as we do this podcast.
2: You know, I, I would I really like to... Wish- a- I just want to chime in real fast, John. I'll let you say your piece in a minute. Uh, But as an avid listener, I know these issues, this isn't the first time you've had them. They're pretty well documented on the podcast. And I think had someone, one of our other guests tonight, listened to more episodes, he'd be aware and not realize this is a (laughs) one-off.
0: Well played, Mitch. Well played.
2: <laughs> uh, thank you, Mitch. I, I
0: appreciate
1: that. And in all honesty, um, it would almost be better if, like, my connection fucked up in both directions because it's always only the upload that dies. And so I can't tell because, like, I see every like everybody's videos working great. If they say something, it all works great. And I'm just like, sweet, everything must be normal. And then Mark kind of, like, cuts me off. And I'm like, that was weird. And I look down. We're in discord recording this and my little like signal indicator is like bright red and it's like you're fucked bro and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) listen there's no guarantees that i'm not
3: gonna like wind up syncing this podcast at some point tonight
0: oh we're we're. aware
3: i didn't go i didn't go robot (laughs) voice i didn't go robot voice that's i have that i'm standing on that i'm standing on that one thing
1: no, it's it's okay. Like I Moonlight as uh you know, I voice uh Megatron in like the Transformers properties. So I just wanna practice that every once in a while, you know, just throw it out there, make sure I still got it. It's it's fine. All
2: right.
3: So I, I have to say something about the topic we're on before John went robot. Uh, yeah, dial's I definitely. went to a very small affluent private college in Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama has the global Institute of civil rights. And, uh, uh, you learn a lot, you learn a lot, like you can't help it. You are, you are immersed in it. Right. But my little campus was not typical of Birmingham, Alabama. It was very affluent, very white, very few minorities, um, there were social groups on campus who had never, there had never been an African-American as a part of those social groups, right? I'm familiar with some of the discussions of what what the first had to be in order to be part of the social group. You weren't just gonna take, that was the uh, implication was you weren't gonna take just anybody. And I, uh, it, I still can't believe, I still can't believe that that was part of the culture when I was in college. And, like and that's not what I, not what I thought it was. Not and, not what I thought college would be.
0: And, and our our listeners can't see us, so they don't know how old we are. And and so you're clearly in your forties. So that was a long time ago, and yet nothing's changed. I mean, I mean, how heartbreaking is that? Is that it's it's been our whole lives. Uh, John and Mitch are a little younger, maybe haven't. Uh, I don't. Maybe it's as big a deal to you all in terms of how long this is going on, but it, it just seems to me that that um, Chris's story resonates directly with me. I, I dropped a. I dropped a, a link into the, uh, the show notes, and uh, this is a guy I've not met, and uh, his name is Aaron Wade, and I came across him online. We both have interest in recumbent uh, trikes, and I started following him. I reached out to him and told him what a cool dude I thought he was, enjoyed his post, and and, and I'm perusing through my RSS feed the other day, and this post pops up, and it's called Privilege. So so he's a white guy just like us. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell his story. I, I think our listeners should should click on the show notes and, and read his story. But I'll tell his story from my perspective. I grew up in Frankfort, Kentucky. And um, Aaron talked about all the things he did and and how he always got out of trouble. And, and those are, are things that I did as a young man. I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times that my buddies and I got pulled over. And the worst thing that happened that we just thought was awful was uh, they dumped out all of our beer out of our cooler. Um, then they let us go home they lectured us sometimes and didn't ask to look in the trunk and they let us go home. And, and that's just happened over the course of, of my growing up in Frankfurt, Kentucky. The other interesting thing about Frankfurt is it's the capital city and it has a predominantly black university, Kentucky state university. And, and while I am, um, uh, at the worst case getting my beer dumped out and at best case being told to be good and go home, which we never did, Um, young men and women coming in to study at, at Kentucky State University were afraid to leave campus because if they got caught by the city police, they were arrested for the things that I was told to go home for. They were, were harassed because uh, of the color of their skin. I can't remember in my whole time growing up, well into my 20s, that I ever felt that Frankfurt embraced the university and that people at the university felt like they were part of the Frankfurt community. I'd go as far today as say, today, I still don't think most of the people at Kentucky State University that come there to study feel like they're part of the Frankfurt community and can move about throughout the community in a fair and safe way. I should go on to say that, like several times a week, I played pickup basketball on the Kentucky State University campus. And Be- I think it was Bell Gymnasium for, you know, probably from the time that I had a friend that could drive. So I was probably 15 through my mid-20s. Um, that was kind of my deal as I played pickup basketball and always played on campus, uh, was always treated with respect. And I was always in the the large minority and I never felt like any of the people I was, I was playing ball with felt comfortable moving very far outside the parameters of campus. I think that's the case today, and, and that's, um, that's why we're here. That's why the, the protests are so important, and that's why uh, people like us need to add our voice to the discussion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I agree. And it's just, um, it's kind of ironic that um, while we were testing our setup before recording, you know, and I mentioned uh, working at a gas station when I was um, in my early teens, my first job, um, out in the middle of nowhere. And while the story I told was much more humorous about the kid coming in, his friends told him that his turn signal was out because he needed turn signal fluid um, just to punk him and it was a funny story. Um, it was very interesting working there being out in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was Southwestern Pennsylvania about maybe an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half. Northeast of Pittsburgh was about the area. Um, ex- like way out in the middle, like middle of nowhere, absent middle of nowhere, um, extremely monochromatic community. Um, and many many people even in the you know think what early 2000s uh who were extremely openly racist there Um, many people would come into the gas station i mean it's it's like the the backwater middle of nowhere gas station that people hang out at because there's nowhere else to go when you live in that kind of an area other than the gas station and i mean people would come in there and talk about you know groups they're a part of that are you know openly racist groups meetings they have that sort of thing and it was just like common discussion um happened all the time and to this day i am extremely grateful i guess that um apparently i'm just wired differently than the people who were in that area that i did not fall into that that i didn't think the same way or believe the same things and that being exposed to that when I was you know early teenager um, didn't kind of sway my opinion or anything like that um, I'm not exactly sure why that is I'm, I'm pretty pretty happy but um, definitely I mentioned this because to your point mark um, even being um, slightly younger than you are um, definitely that sort of thing is still extremely prevalent. Um, lots of those people still around, and it's still a massive problem to this day.
0: And, and I just don't understand. I mean, Chris, you grew up in a couple of places. I, I don't, I don't understand why we have so many places that are still like that. Do you, Chris?
3: No, I I've lived in New Jersey, in Minnesota, in Florida, in Alabama, Kentucky, New York City. And my favorite neighborhood and favorite place I think I've lived is, is Queens, New York um, from the train to the apartment, only a couple blocks, you know, I'd pass grocery stores, coffee shops, um, fruit markets. I would hear 15 languages. Uh, it's it just, there's nothing to compare it to. Like there, most people do not have that kind of, Exposure to different cultures, different um, skin, you know, skin tones. Um, But I I feel like, honestly, exposure is the only is one one of the best remedies, not the only remedy, but it's certainly how you cannot be a horrible, hateful person. If you know somebody and are friends with somebody. Who has more melanin than you, right?
0: And, and just, I, I, don't I wish know. I wish that were true, but it it just seems like there are so many pockets of racism, even in those diverse places that you describe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I certainly when that's, I'm a yeah, that's true when I'm in a place like that that you described, I, I'm just like, oh wow, this is so cool. Like I get exposed to different people, different ideals um different personalities and life really for me has always been about learning i've always joked that i'm i don't know what i want to be when i grow up
3: it was not a tolerance paradise one month before i moved to queens my neighborhood uh someone murdered the imam of the local mosque so and it was 100 a hateful driven thing like it was on outside the mosque on service after services clearly targeted it's it's not just because it's diverse doesn't mean it's perfect and it's certainly not a tolerant community um i i know that the more i have lived the more places i have lived and been exposed to different types of people with different types of backgrounds different languages different foods the more i have been um uh, the more familiarized I am, and the more I can connect with those folks, wh- no matter where they are, on some human level. Maybe I'm wired that way, or maybe it's just the exposure. I don't know.
1: I think I think because I was I was kind of walking through what I've experienced as you said that, Chris, and I really think that that you say what you say because. When you were immersed in that kind of a very diverse environment, that's how you reacted to it. And that seems like the natural thing. And um, I, I was, I was the same way, right? I mean, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. And then when I went to college, which in itself is like extremely privileged that, hey, I went to college and was able to pick where I went. And I was able to go to college in the middle of a fairly large city, very diverse area. Um, and I kind of reacted the exact same way. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like all these different people who have different lives, different experiences, different cultures, different norms. It's it's awesome. And I loved it. But people who are already like, I really hate everyone else who doesn't look like me for literally no reason. That I, I think at that point, like once you hit that, I think you're just too closed-minded for any of that to make a difference. And you just you're going to hate those people no matter what. And I, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you change that yeah. because I've seen the same thing where immersion doesn't, they just hate everyone who's around them.
2: So I know I had, we had talked about this a while back and um, a group message that we have on signal that plums is not a part of uh, talking about this same thing. And it was like, I don't know how you fix it because I'm seeing Posts online in communities that I'm a part of and like suburb like white suburbia, Ohio, where you've got high schoolers, you've got college kids so fucking proud of themselves. They've got the shit eating grin on their face doing the George Floyd challenge where one person lays on the ground, the other person kneels on their neck and they get a photo of it posted to social media and are so proud of themselves for doing it. I'm like, how how the fuck do you change that? Like that mentality. And it's like the only thing I can think of is you you can't at this point rely on parents to raise their children the right way. Because like you said, at certain points you become old enough and then that immersion, you're just too, too turned off by it to like accept it for what it is and for such a beautiful thing. So I think you have to rely on the school system to put kids like or give kids that immersion in other cultures at a young age and show them this is a good thing and then realize then like hope that hope that that is the uh, helps these young kids realize that like hey maybe these people are humans too and just are worthy of respect and just I don't know like I don't know how you can take something like the murder of George Floyd and just make so, light of it in that manner and be that i don't know
0: in in but i was
2: i was reading go ahead mark
0: no go ahead chris
3: i was reading to prepare for this social justice topic because I, I have to admit that i'm uh, you know, i see i see with blinders on obviously my privileged blinders but as i was reading i came across an article that discussed why it's different mitch why those high school those <sighs> Lily White high school kids thinks it's so cute to do the George Floyd challenge, if you will. It's because this has been studies have shown, and Mark alluded to it. White people are assumed innocent till proven otherwise. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brown and black people are assumed guilty. One right off the bat. Yep.
0: One hundred percent. And and and. Just growing up in Frankfurt with with a predominantly black university, I mean, I mean, you could, so so we would, in in the olden days, you could uh, be very uh, irresponsible, and you could drive around and drink, and that was the thing to do. And, and not only was it the thing to do, but people did it when they were underage. And, and, you know, we can talk about all the, the bad things, but, but we would constantly drive through the campus area, and I never once got pulled over in the campus area. And after a certain time of, of afternoon or evening, there were always people of color pulled over on the roads that my friends and I were driving on while drinking with a full cooler in the back seat or the trunk. Or I had a buddy that actually had a kegerator in the uh, trunk that with a uh, hose through the back seat. Not once did we ever, ever, ever get pulled over and yet, like clockwork, People that didn't look like us were pulled over every time you you drove through town, through campus, and, um, and and that was a long time ago and and I just don't don't think it's changed. I mean, we can talk about about George. We 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 have been. Okay. We can talk about Brianna Taylor. Um, but but we can pull a name. Off of of a news site for seven months ago, and twenty two months ago, and four years ago, and ten years ago, and and we can go back to Rodney King in Los Angeles, and we can go way past Rodney King. So so, um, it's it's not gotten any better for anybody that doesn't look like us and and i the, this covid stuff is odd that that some of these things have hit during it and and that's you you see a lot of the i'll I'll call this this um shade type racism but there are uh, there are people that are like well if well, if we should be wearing masks, we should make all these protests illegal because they're not healthy. And, and those are from the people that think wearing a mask is against their civil liberties or their constitutional rights. And, and it's just amazing that the arguments that happen. And, and Chris talked about the, um, the social media things going on. Any one of us could jump on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, right now, and we could find a crazy white person losing their mind because of wearing a mask or a Black Lives Matters uh, event, and and. Almost always the defense is some weak defense about uh, mental illness. I lost my mind. I didn't really mean that. Yet they're recorded saying the, the worst things that anybody could could possibly say. Read the other day, community pool, predominantly black pool, um, a mother and child swimming, swimming uh, mom comes over to say something to the child that's swimming laps in one of the lanes and a white person loses their shit because these people don't belong in their pool. The community pool. If it's a public pool. Everybody is part of the public, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I want to I want to go back back a little bit and touch on something you had said just a minute ago um about how you can you can look back through the years and you know obviously what happened with with george floyd and brianna taylor are terrible things but you can go back and pick a year right and you can find the exact same thing and and i've had conversations with people who they just they don't seem to understand how endemic the problem is i've i've heard people say things like well I don't, the, the officers who murdered George Floyd, like they were arrested and charged. So like they, they did it like the protesters did. it. It's so, like, why are they still protesting? And I'm like, that's such a myopic view to just be laser focused on this one issue. It's such a bigger problem than that. You have to really look at the entire scope of History of the country to realize that there's a much bigger problem at play here, and that saying that oh yeah the, the officers who, uh, who who murdered somebody are are charged now um, everything's better is just a very a very nearsighted thing to do.
0: And and that racism even starts to stand out in in that discussion, John. In that uh, occasionally in the protest. Opportunistic criminal activities happen. And yep, and so yep. well, and the Go ahead. I uh,
1: was just gonna say the other point um, that, that you had kind of brought to my mind is you were describing the people saying, Well, you know, if we're supposed to wear masks, then all these protests should be illegal are often the same people who you you scroll up two weeks in their Twitter feed and they're, you know, outside of some government building with like assault weapons protesting the fact that they have to that they're supposed to wear masks, you know what i mean? Exactly. I so it's I was really just the
2: exact same thing. The people that want to say oh you can't protest black lives matter because of covid are the exact same people protesting the masks yep. because of covid.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure and 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 that um, so so you'll you'll have I'll, I'll just call them racist that will say well, protesting is okay, but but they're riots. Well, they're not riots. There are people that are opportunistic, and and whether those opportunistic people uh, are black or white, it, it doesn't really matter. And in, in some cases, in Minneapolis, it was a, a white police officer that uh, that started a massive uh, riot event. But but if you want to make that argument that that all black people are bad because riots break out at these protests, then you also gotta sign up for all police officers are bad because a handful of people but because a handful of police officers uh, are part of, of racism and police brutality. Nobody's gonna make that second argument at all. Not a one. The first argument doesn't hold water, but but if you believe that, if you believe the first then you have to believe the second if you're going to be fair.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't just yep. cherry pick it like that all the time. Yep. But you see people do that consistently, um, even even subtly with just kind of the words they use. You know, where the people standing with with assault weapons, um, defending their right to liberty by not wanting to wear masks. Those are protesters, right? But then you see news articles or people on social media talk about how people protesting for the black lives matter movement well those those are rioters or even looters or even domestic terrorists and i'm like are we just we're just going to make up words now to to fit whatever narrative people want to say um and what's terrifying to me is just how delusional or how insulated in their own bubble people have to be that they see that and they think like yeah that's right that's, that's absolutely correct. Like, me standing with an AR-15 outside of uh, the governor's mansion, that was a protest, and that was a just thing for me to do. But uh, those people who are protesting because um, they don't want to just be murdered for no reason whatsoever, like, those are rioters. That's not okay. That that needs to be stopped. And I, I it kind of circles back to our original discussion. Like, when you hit that point where you think that's okay, I don't know what you do to kind of bring those people back into some semblance of reality.
0: I I continue to think that, that people that think like us have to, to vote people in office. We have to hire people for jobs. We have to uh, hope that leadership in the companies that we work for and we work with uh, that we try to get them to, to, Higher qualified people, and people of color, and people of diverse backgrounds, and those sorts of things, to to move the discussion forward. It's got to be less people like us, and 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 more uh, people that don't look like us for us to to really get to any substantive change. And I think there are pockets of change, um, but I think. I think there's so many places where there are not pockets of change, and and all four of us live in um, Kentucky as a red conservative racist state, and uh, and and Ohio is a is a is a predominantly uh, uh, conservative state. That's even the the city of, of Cincinnati has had lots of of racial unrest for decades that's not been solved and uh i think
1: mark i think you made probably the most important point of the episode right there um which is really that for anyone who's in this situation like we are where you know we ourselves are insulated from this we're in privileged positions we need to take advantage of that to figure out the ways that we can make a difference. Because I think a lot of people, and I've definitely been guilty of this myself too, right? Is that you see really terrible things happen in the world, you see this injustice, and um you retweet some articles about it and you're like, Well, I've done my part, you know, like I don't know what else I can do. Like there are things you can do, you just gotta be aware of it. Um, and kind of focus on what you can do to make that change, as opposed to just being like the the armchair, um, you know, person for justice who's just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna yell at racists on Twitter like that's not gonna fucking do anything right. You got to find ways that you can make a difference.
0: I agree, and 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 I'll tell you that uh, I've I've had some some personal struggles with. With the unrest in Louisville and and wanting to participate and having a family health situation that doesn't allow me to really do that, take that chance, but but felt guilty that uh, that I don't leave my house and drive to Louisville and and participate in that, and and so we have to find ways to participate in in the ways we can, other than than that retweeting or or having that commentary or even recording a podcast. I, I would say though that uh, um, I would say that that four white dudes that uh, recognize their their privilege, Can make a difference incrementally in the communities in which we hang out and and uh, participate in. I, I know. I mean, I, I see Chris like out in public treat everybody fairly, and and that's important. And and so I just think we have to figure out inventive ways to do that.
3: And it's not that you don't, John. It's just that he doesn't see you in public.
1: Especially not now, right? <laughs> Especially not now. <laughs> Especially, so, how many days? days? How like, many t- days, John? <laughs> Especially 146 days in <laughs> 146 the quarantine. 146 yeah. days. Oh my god! So, so plus, prevalent. you know, um, pre pre COVID, uh, Mark Mark had that big drive, so he couldn't go like hang out with me after work.
0: Go ahead, Chris. I know that we're uh, coming up to your uh, hard stop. <laughs>
3: my hard stop. <laughs> yeah. Um. I did want to say that you mentioned um, how this, even if this doesn't seem to be moving the needle, right. And I, and I, I fully agree with you. This is sort of, I don't know if it's, it feels interesting to have four guys talking craft beer and um, social justice. But the fact that I'm even now uh, a super aware of my privilege is the start of a change right i think the fact that we have this global pandemic and i i I think it will i think history books will show that this will be the start of some sort of cultural change across the globe the the entire world was protesting what happened in minneapolis minnesota and louisville that's and Louisville, I'm sorry, not to not to forget about Breonna Taylor, uh, Louisville, uh, Minneapolis. You know, um, the entire every there were people all over the all over the world protesting racial uh, disparities in policing. It's not just the U.S., but it, you know, it, it we could lead out of this. We can lead our way out of this, but right now we are not a. Right now, we're not a global a global leader, and that's we yeah. have to get back to being a global leader.
0: Yeah, and and we gotta we gotta take mo with us, momentum, and and um, we have to figure out along the way. I, I'm optimistic like Chris is, but we have to figure out how to maintain the mo- the momentum. Um, the protests are not sustainable. For weeks and months, people have to live their lives and work their jobs and take care of their families. Um, we have to figure out a way to 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 get some momentum and and keep that momentum. We we have some opportunities here with the election coming up, but but what what we really need is is those opportunities at other levels the county judge executives, uh, that was for you, Chris, the, uh, the (laughs) state representatives and senators across the country. um,
2: Your county sheriff is an electable position.
0: Yeah. The county sheriff, we, 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 we need change in all of those places. We don't just need change at the top of the United States. We don't just need change in the U S Senate or the U S House of Representatives. We, we have to have change throughout, and we we um, we we have to um, to really hit all areas of the um, of the leadership infrastructure in order to to make that change. I saw something the other day, and I, I threw it in the show notes, and I just grabbed it. And threw it an email, and and it was late at night, and I was reading something, and I don't know who it came from, but it said, "Imagination and empathy. Imagine yourself in their body, and 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 just think about that. Think about um, all the things you see on TV and all the things you see on social media about." Um, People of color that are treated less than human, treated um, like they're guilty before they've gone to court. They 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 get pulled out of a car and and a whole family gets handcuffed and and put on the ground and and made a uh, um, public display of, and it's. Um, It's just something that uh, when I go back and and so I read the article from Aaron and it really hit home with me. And and to your point, Chris, having I've always thought I've been liberal, I've always thought I've been inclusive. But when I read Aaron's article about um, all the things that happened to him and I just go back and go through the inventory of my life. How, how many how many things I got away with? because I was a white guy. And uh, and, and I think that's important that I said a white guy um, because I, st- I still think we we have a, um, a societal issue issue with women regardless of color and and discrimination. Um, but as a white guy, how many things that I got away with? and how many things if you are a uh, um, young black man or woman middle-aged black man or woman older black man or woman and you have a nice car or you drive through a nice neighborhood uh, or you go to some place that's mostly white there's a huge perception that you're not supposed to be there that that just can't be our world. So, yeah, Chris, uh, good go ahead. Point. Go ahead.
1: John. No, I was just going to say the, the, the one thing I was going to add to that, Mark, is I, I really agree with your point that while we focus on the big picture politics, um, that it is important at the local level too, especially within some of our local communities where now is sort of the prime time where some of those local leaders some of those local officials could step up and and some of them are and some of them are choosing to ignore it all and do things like fight against you know mask ordinances and that sort of thing instead so um i just thought it was a really good point that while definitely having leadership who has their mind in the right place and even better is representative um of of minority groups would be ideal uh, that we need to kind of focus at all levels as well you know leadership state and local government leadership roles within companies that we work for all that sort of thing
0: yeah and i know i know chris you need to get out of here so we'll close up and and tell people where they can find us but but let me throw this out i, I haven't shared this with any of the three of you uh, it's a waste of for me to share it with john cuz he doesn't listen to podcast although he is the king of recording podcast um But I ran across another podcast, and it's called The Tightrope. And uh, it's hosted by Dr. Uh, Cornel West and Tricia Rose. And uh, it's got some really compelling content. I would tell you to go out and grab it and and listen to it. And and one of the episodes I've already listened to was from back in in late July, and they had – uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on AOC as we affectionately call her and um she um I'm a fan based on on you know the ideology that we've talked about today but but to listen to her and as she grew up in um New York City with a uh Um, ethnic background from puerto rico and in an ethnic community and in disparate religious her her family came from two different kinds of religion that that really didn't have similarities and how she she found her way based on the community she lived in the people she was around her ethnic background and her her religious exposure it was really compelling uh, dr. West is uh, kind of one of those uh, really preeminent sort of of uh, scholars on a lot of the uh, the issues that we've talked about today in terms of black lives and and discrimination and things like that so I just throw that out that anybody listening um, i I've, I've found everyone I've listened to so far compelling entertaining and uh, uh, Dr. West has uh, um, a ton of energy that's uh, really really interesting stuff
2: so I'll check that out for sure. Yeah, yeah
0: it's good stuff. So, Chris, um, where can people find you online?
2: Oh, well, that's funny you
3: should ask, Mark. Uh, <laughs> uh, besides the usual Tinder and Bumble, but you can find me on bluebirdsofcentralkentucky.com. No shit. Is it live? No shit. Uh, no.
2: Oh, but, it's uh, not live. By the time
3: this podcast is live, I'm sure there'll be something <laughs> there to find. Um and, and listen, for both both listeners of this podcast, thank you for checking out the uh, new website. Um, <laughs> been happy with it. There's some words that, you know, I will take credit for. Um, it's probably, they're probably like pronouns, but those words are mine. The pronouns are mine. Um, no, yeah. So I, I run a little Bluebird uh, Habitat Restoration Program in Franklin County and uh someone on the podcast
2: is nice enough to help me with the website so thanks mark
0: good deal mitch where can people find you
2: people can find me on twitter at drunk tweets 513 uh we've been a little less active lately it's uh my best friend and i um, we pre-covid would get together and drink multiple nights a week we're just down the road from each other we're not far so it would be We'd crash at each other's place for an evening and just, we would drink or we'd go out. And when we're drunk, we think we say funny stuff. And then we post it on Twitter.
0: And then the next morning, it's not quite as funny, right?
2: Oh, it's even better the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> right, good deal. I, I do think maybe that, not funny, but better in some ways.
0: <laughs> I do think you should create an egg sandwich Instagram account, and and just every night that there's a late night egg sandwich making, you should post and post the egg sandwiches of your friends.
2: I think I think I might be doing that here soon. I might hijack the the drunk tweets one for that because. I only make those egg sandwiches when I'm drunk. So oh, it varies.
0: All right, there you go. JFab HD. John, where can people find you? Ah, it's just
1: just like parallel parking. He can only do it when he's drunk. Oh wait, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. I, oh, what a what a terrible joke. Anyway, um, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I'm doing on the internet anymore. Uh, my main website is jfabhd.com that has links to other things that may or may not be up. I've been everything in the world has made me like really anti internet lately. So uh, I've been I've been kind of migrating all my stuff to the sort of like the indie web movement, um, which means I'm not going to share any of it here because you're not going to uh, give us your
0: mastodon that. identities, is what you're saying.
1: Uh, yeah, the mastodon one. Um, the blog a couple other websites like i've moved a lot of stuff um, basically i won't i won't bore anyone this could be like an entire other other episode but it's it's sort of like uh, you know take back control you know self host all your stuff don't put fucking trackers to garbage on it don't link it all around not all of it has to be tied to to your you know government identity or whatever so uh, yeah i don't know a lot of that i don't i don't know what i'm doing the the, the whole pandemic thing i've been i've been i've been home too long man i got way too much time on my hands that sounds like an episode. <laughs> com. that's 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 exactly exactly j5hd you can find it how are you Mark? Looking
0: all right and and, you? and you're keeping uh, are you going to keep blogging at unusually pink
1: uh not at the moment now okay. No, i don't know what i'm doing with unusually pink um at the time you cannot get to that site right now
0: ah okay then i will uh, yeah. take it out of yeah. the show notes i changed the name of it since it's no longer a podcast, I just called it a blog. Yeah,
1: the, the podcast is, I guess, this, is this the first recording we've done since the uh, the podcast ended, the Unusually Pink podcast?
0: No, I think we talked about it on uh, Comet Run.
1: Ah, uh, yes, you're right, you're right. Okay. Good deal. Yeah, so where can people find you? Where are you at?
0: Uh, Same, same sort of deal, John, uh, still working on that website. I got to work on Chris's website before I can work on mine, just waiting on his words. And, uh, and so craftbrewgeek.com will actually take you to Instagram and I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and, uh, Facebook. And I think I mentioned this, but, uh, not a lot of new content because, uh, I've just got this thing about people are dying and and people are being discriminated against and and it it seems uh, counterintuitive for me to be posting uh, too much about beer or art. Um, I'm I'm trying to get back on the horse, but uh, we live in interesting times and. Uh, and I'm just uh, kind of extra sensitive to those things, but uh, occasionally something pops up on one of those sites. Usually, uh, beer or something along those lines. Hey, that listen, Chris, sense. we appreciate you joining Mark, us. We also appreciate you for the not- option
3: opportunity yep. redemption. Yep. Yeah, we appreciate you not good. fucking
0: up the podcast. Still time. Uh, no, the podcast <laughs> is over. We're uh, we're closing out. <laughs> and uh and mitch uh we'll have you back soon so that we can make sure you stay ahead of chris uh and uh, oh
2: i don't i don't need to be back soon to do that it's okay
0: that's true <laughs> that's true um we will say that uh plums was uh was really a pretty good podcast guest so uh he was i listened
2: to that on true. my last uh long drive down to southern kentucky and it was good it it, it went really well he uh Used the mute button when he should. I could tell there was no background noise from him, like other people may have done in the past. But it was he was really good, he was energetic, he was excited to be there. He
0: was excited to be there. That was, I I will tell you, um, it was rewarding for me. I I know John and I haven't talked about this, but what I enjoyed about that episode was it was such a big deal for him to join us on that episode. And he was truly happy and overjoyed about it. And, uh, and, and Plums is a good kid, good young man. And, uh, and, and that, uh, that really made me happy that it was such a big deal for him and, and went so well.
1: Can I make a request? Yeah, it was, it was really rewarding, but like, we're still not letting him in that signal chat.
0: We're still letting in the signal chat. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, for sure not. Can I make a request, though? Yeah. I noticed he was silent for the first 15 to 20-ish minutes of the podcast when you do your, your usual, what beers are we drinking? Once he's old enough and he can join in that conversation, I'd like to be there for it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll have you on with Plum's, uh, maybe we should do one on his 21st birthday.
2: I'd be game. Can see I'm that. Up for that. Yeah. that sounds that sounds right.
0: It actually sounds yeah. like a train never, wreck.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it will totally be a train
3: wreck. It won't be a podcast. It'll be disaster. <laughs> but we have four decades on this podcast right now. We do. Twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties. That's pretty cool.
0: It it is, and 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 honestly, that's how John and I came about this is that um you, you don't have to be of the same Generation and same backgrounds to uh, to have things in common and 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 have similar ideologies and uh, want to treat people the way they want to be treated and and I appreciate you guys joining John and I for this uh, discussion. I think it's important for privileged white men like us to recognize the issues and and to carry. What we can forward in our own own individual ways, and uh, is that's, there that's what our podcast is about.
2: Let's say, is there a phrase that you would use to describe like people of uh, different ages, slightly different backgrounds that that really find they line up pretty think, similar on a lot of topics.
0: I think it's the same shade of difference.
2: Oh, I like that. You should you should start something with that.
0: We should it should be
2: like a podcast.
0: <laughs> we we sh- we should maybe by that name. <laughs> all right Uh, thanks everybody have a good night
1: peace out boys